Recently, Ocasio-Cortez went on a tour of some detention facilities with Customs and Border Protection. This sparked a massive controversy as she accuses them of making a woman drink from a toilet. She's highlighted a report from ProPublica showing that many CBP agents were part of a group that were posting derogatory images of her and insulting her, and she called this being attacked. Now we're hearing that Border Patrol agents said that she was yelling at them and threatening them, and now we have this whole ridiculous controversy about what really happened. So, I'm going to go through some of the stories. I want to see what Ocasio-Cortez has to say about what they're doing and why, and also statements from the CBP refuting and calling her out. And of course, we know where this will go. The left will defend Ocasio-Cortez, and the right will defend CBP, and all I can really do is give you my thoughts on the matter. However, There was also an incident where many of uh, the far-left Democrats were speaking, denouncing the facilities, but protesters showed up, shouting them down. Of course, you have the left now saying they're Islamophobic, weird, and you have the right saying they're Hispanic, uh, you know, anti-illegal immigration, pro-immigration protesters. So welcome to politics. This is how the game is played. Let's get started with what happened at the border, where uh, Border Patrol are claiming AOC was yelling at them in a threatening manner. Now, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There is a monthly PayPal option, a crypto option, a physical address. But of course, recently we learned YouTube is no longer suggesting my videos. So I ask you, if you think my content is good, to suggest my videos yourselves by sharing them on whatever platform you think is appropriate. Here's the, the, the first story from the Washington Examiner. AOC screamed at Border Patrol agents in threatening manner during tour, witnesses say. They say Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez screamed at federal law enforcement agents in a threatening manner during a visit to a Border Patrol facility in El Paso, Texas, and refused to tour the facility according to two people who witnessed the incident. Now, that's an important point right there because she's claimed she saw horrifying conditions. But witnesses are now saying she actually refused to tour the facility and yelled at the Border Patrol agents. What really happened? You know, I'll say it again. The left will be like, that's a lie. And the right will be like, aha, she didn't do the tour. Whatever. I don't know what to tell you. Let's read on. A group of 14 House Democrats, including Ocasio-Cortez and their aides, kicked off their visit to the region at about 11 a.m. Monday at the El Paso station on Hondo Pass Drive. The group was standing inside the station near an area where migrants are held when Ocasio-Cortez left them to sit inside a nearby holding area with a family as the other lawmakers and aides were briefed on the station operations. Quote, she comes out screaming at our agents right at the beginning of the tour, crying and screaming and yelling, said one witness who said he was stunned by the outburst in front of approximately 40 people. The agents, they wanted to respond, but they held back because she's a congressional delegate. But when you have someone yelling at you in a threatening manner, the same person said they were like, hey, you need to kind of step back. A second official said she went in and out of the cell during the group's briefing nearby and returned to the group several times to share information she had learned from detainees, including that one person had drank from the toilet. The congresswoman told the group she would not go with 13 other House Democrats on the tour of the facility and stayed with the family. A second official said that while she was around agents, Ocasio-Cortez commented at another point about an unofficial Border Patrol Facebook page that was exposed earlier Monday for offensive content about those in custody and lawmakers, including the congresswoman. Something under her breath. Oh, all of these guys in here are going to F me. What? Wow, I added that what? That's surprising. 
The agents are standing there behind their computers. One of the agents laughed at something he was saying to another agent, and she got irate and flipped out. The second Border Patrol official said, now they're under investigation for it. She took it as, as, uh, as they were laughing at her and screams at them and says, what's so funny? CBP did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the internal affairs matter. The Border Patrol official said managers were in the process of taking statements from agents. The story goes on to say that the Washington Examiner submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to CBP for video of the events. Woo! Now it's getting spicy. The congresswoman who led a charge in 2018 to abolish ICE recounted the scene differently in a social media post afterward and did not mention yelling at agents. After I forced myself into a cell with women and began speaking to them, one of them described their treatment at the hands of officers as psychological warfare, waking them at odd hours for no reason, calling them, I'm not going to say what they're calling them, uh, um, promiscuous women, we'll say that. Tell me what about that is due to a lack of funding, she on Twitter. Well, that, that's exactly the problem, Ocasio-Cortez. I don't believe you're, you're a neutral actor here who could, act, who could actually tell me what's going on. And this is a very convenient issue because I want to point one thing out right here. In this segment, Ryan Savadra points out, he says, as Ocasio-Cortez is raging about the conditions of CBP facilities, remember that on Friday, CNN, Jake Tapper confronted her about her voting against Democrat and Republican bills to send aid to the the facilities. AO said she did it to send a message. That's interesting. When the Democrats were obstructing and refusing to provide funding that the Republicans had requested, that Trump had requested, they brought up a bunch of excuses. They called it a manufactured crisis. Well, as we now know, it's not manufactured. It's a real crisis. And we can't accommodate all these people and things are getting bad. Ocasio-Cortez was one of the last holdouts refusing to sign onto a bill to provide funding directly in aid. Around $3 billion of those dollars is directly to, to uh, better the conditions at these facilities. And she has been reamed for it, even by CNN calling her out for obstructing. How convenient then that she comes out of a facility and says they're committing psychological warfare. It has nothing to do with funding, thus justifying her position, refusing to provide the funding these people need. This is a convenient excuse. If the Democrats early on stopped playing the political game and just provided the funding, then perhaps we wouldn't be in the situation. This is a fact. Okay, for the longest time, they said there was no crisis. The Republicans said there was a crisis. The Democrats have finally caved because now even the New York Times, I've stated over and over again, said the New York Times published an editorial board statement saying, give Trump the money he needs. These people are suffering. Now the Democrats look really, really, really bad. Well, very good for for Cortez to conveniently find a problem that's not about funding. Oh, I talked to someone. It's not about funding. Well, I don't buy it. To me, this sounds like Ocasio-Cortez realized she screwed up and she's being called out for it. And she's found a convenient way to make it seem like I was right the whole time. Yeah, well, no one else saw it. And I'm not going to believe you. Then let, let, let me do it. Let me do a sidestep real quick. OK, I was skateboarding the other day and it was really interesting because a bunch of the skateboarders and I'll tell you this: skateboarders are apolitical. They don't care about this stuff. But all of a sudden we're all talking. One thing that's interesting, side note, is that there are a couple of 15-year-old kids who are talking about how they liked Jordan Peterson, and that was surprising to me. But one thing that was interesting is that while we were all kind of arguing over what was going on in politics, there was a point where AOC was brought up and everyone kind of agreed. She's, she's lost the plot. She's out of her mind. You know, it's fine if she wants to come in and say, like, here are my policies that make sense and they're left-leaning. I can agree with that. 
But the way she's trying to implement them is just completely nuts. The things she says, in my opinion, completely nuts. And now she does this. But let's read on because we've got some statements, you know, from from CBP moving forward. I want to highlight where they refuted her claims about the woman drinking from a toilet. Quote, now I've seen the inside of these facilities. It's not just the kids. It's everyone. People drinking out of toilets, officers laughing in front of members of Congress. Wait, 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 wait. So that really happened? Did she actually say that? Is that that's, a, that's, a, that's an actual statement. She really was upset that people were laughing? Like, dude, what? What, what are you? Like a substitute teacher who was yelling at the kids? I brought it up to their superiors. They said officers are under stress and act out sometimes. No accountability, she tweeted. Just left the first CBP facility. I see why CBP officers were being so physically and sexually threatening towards me. Were they? Officers were keeping women in cells with no water and had told them to drink out of the toilets. This was them on their good behavior in front of members of Congress. Here's what's interesting. Actually, so we got a statement here. The agent on scene said the congresswoman misrepresented why a person in custody had drunk from the toilet. So this is what happened with the migrant and drinking water from the toilet. She wanted water and didn't know how to use the faucet in the cell and drank from the toilet. She never told AOC that we made her drink from the toilet. AOC, of course, changed it. This was when she, the migrant, was apprehended and brought into the, into the facility, according to the agent. A Border Patrol official familiar with the sector's media and congressional visit said the city's congresswoman, Veronica Escobar, had been through stations 15 times, but did not respond in the same way as her colleague on Monday. Later in the visit, the first official said Escobar yelled at El Paso Chief Patrol Agent Aaron Hole about its care of detainees. We've never hidden anything from her, the official said. So what I find interesting and what's going around is a photo of a potential toilets. The way these toilets are presented is that it's one, one unit where on the top is a water fountain and on the bottom is the toilet. On the top, you can get fresh potable water and the toilet is, well, it's a toilet. Apparently, she didn't understand how to get water out of the top, out of the faucet, and so she drank from the toilet. Ocasio-Cortez said that she was forced to do it. CBP says she just didn't know what she was doing. Take it, take it for, you know, look, of course I mentioned for the, for the third time, the left is going to be like, nope, the CBP's lying. They're unaccountable. They're doing things that are bad. You know what, man? I usually find the truth is closer to the middle. Plain and simple. I'm willing to bet that the CBP officers are a bit callous. Like, they don't really care. It's a job. I know how, how people in jails, you know, operate. They're not going to act like buddies with the migrants who are detained there. So it may be a bit callous. Do I think they're psychologically torturing these people? No, of course. That's insane. It's absurd. Maybe it's happening. Maybe it's a few bad apples. But this idea being presented, there's a bunch of mischievous, evil CBP men twirling their mustaches, as I, as I like to claim. <laughs> they say as they make the, the migrants drink from the toilets. No, that's, that's ridiculous. Okay, that's ridiculous. It's a conspiracy theory that a bunch of evil men are just trying to hurt migrants. I really, really don't think that's the case. I do believe the facilities are bad. I do believe they need funding, and I'm going to point to AOC and be like, you still obstructed that bill, okay? There's blame to go around, okay? But we do have a crisis, and it was the Democrats who didn't sign on because they kept calling it a manufactured crisis. Why? Well, in my opinion, brownie points, political points. They wanted to resist at all costs. Congratulations. You reap what you sow. Stop acting like it's the fault of CBP when you, as an individual of Ocasio-Cortez, was the one who obstructed the bill and continued to. Because, like you said on CNN, you wanted to send a message. Congratulations, you did. You sent a message to those kids who don't have beds. So here's what's interesting. There's a, there's a bit more to go through. After these, uh, the, the Democrats came out to issue statements, the political points out 
that Ocasio, uh, so we'll start here. Ocasio-Cortez and other progressives fought efforts last week to pass the Senate's aid bill, saying without further accountability for federal agencies running the detention facilities and caring for children, the humanitarian aid was unlikely to have a significant impact. She reiterated those criticisms after visiting the border on Monday, adding that one woman described her treatment as psychological warfare. As Ocasio-Cortez and other Democrats attempted to share their findings Monday, the group was bombarded by protesters, many donning pro-Trump attire, who repeatedly interrupted them to hurl insults at the members of Congress. Several shouted liar or booed when a Democratic lawmaker stood at the mic. They also yelled retorts like, what about the kids in Planned Parenthood who are getting killed? Or close the effing border down. VC, who was also harassed by the protesters, called the behavior ugly and racist. It was bad. They were using foul language, inappropriate language to dehumanize members of Congress. At one point, freshman rep Ayanna Presley stood at the podium and shouted back at the protesters, keep yelling. This is very appropriate, vile rhetoric for vile actions, hateful rhetoric for hateful behavior, racist words and venom for racist policies. I'm not here to condemn or condone the protesters. I don't believe that you should use bigoted, hateful speech to get your point across. I don't know that they did. They may have. That's not the point. The point is, congratulations, far-left Democrats. You are now being protested the same way that other Republicans are are being protested. But I I think you should bless your lucky stars. No one threw a milkshake at you. Matt Gaetz was leaving an event, and a woman who actually ran against him for Congress as a Democrat threw some kind of drink. It was a slushy or a smoothie or something. Hit him with a drink, okay? So if you're going to be upset that people are saying mean words, I, I can respect that. And I would say the protesters shouldn't be using certain language to get your, your point, point across. By all means, protest. But welcome to the party. This is what protesters do. And now you're being protested because you are rather extreme and you have many people who are angry at you. This is a normal part of politics. And it's called the First Amendment. Notice how they call it harassment. This is hilarious who was harassed by the protesters. Are you joking? Harassment? Look, in, a, in, in most legal settings, harassment requires repeated offenses, meaning someone does something, you tell them to stop, and then they do it again. Now it's harassment. Protesters showing up and saying you're liars and I don't like what you're doing is not harassment. It's literally protesting. You want to know it's harassment? How about Matt Gates getting hit by a drink? Welcome to the party. You reap what you sow, okay? When you go out and protest, don't be surprised when people protest you. But of course, I guess they don't like free speech. They're the ones who want these big tech platforms to police speech. Well, surprise, surprise, they call getting protested harassment. But there's more. What was happening in 2016 that I found it? One of the things that happened in 2016 that was really interesting is how the left willfully misconstrues the point someone is making. They would say that the press takes Trump literally, but not seriously, while his supporters take him seriously, but not literally. So what do we see now? Ocasio-Cortez tweets this. And now CBP is pushing easily disprovable lies about members of Congress. Truly nuts. And to think this week, the GOP and Dem Problem Solver Caucus fought to eliminate all accountability amendments from funding. They just wrote a multi-billion dollar blank check for misconduct. No, it's called humanitarian aid. And it's specifically, my understanding is it's earmarked $3 billion for aid. But here's what she's referring to. Adam Klasfeld tweeted something that got little attention yesterday. In its mild and belated condemnation of its members' social media posts, the Border Patrol's union repeated a lie about one of their victims, AOC. No, AOC is not a victim because people are saying mean things about her. The union claimed she called Border Patrol guards a certain World War II faction from Germany. She didn't. Here's the thing. In the statement, they said, Ocasio-Cortez, they said when, uh, when Ocasio-Cortez refers to CB, CBP facilities 
as concentration camps and our agents as World War II camp, you know, people running the camps. When neither could be further from the truth, she does nothing to improve the political discourse. However, as stated above, the discourse must be handled professionally. Here's the thing. That's not a lie. They're just kind of being hyperbolic. Ocasio-Cortez referred to the camps as concentration camps and said, never again. What do you think that implies about the people running those camps? It is not a literal statement. They're not saying she literally came out and made that statement. They're saying she, she referred to them in a way that, ma- that makes them out to be, plain and simple. But of course, instead of arguing in good faith, they take it to its literal end and then say, she never said that word specifically. No, but she did say never again, which is a direct reference to World War II, period. Stop playing these silly games. I want to go through a few more for tweets. I do think it's fair to point out her criticisms because, look, at the end of the day, you have two parties, okay? You've got two sides to this issue. It's not always two sides. There's three, there's four sometimes. But here we have Republican versus Democrat, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, like I mentioned now for the fourth time, this is going to fall on tribal lines whether you choose to believe her or not. She tweeted, I can't understate how disturbing it was that CBP officers were openly disrespectful of the congressional tour. If officers felt comfortable violating agreements in front of their own management and superiors, that tells us the agency has lost all control of their own officers. She says, when you pair 9,500 current and former CBP officers are part of a violently racist and sexually violent secret Facebook group, corroborating accounts of abuse, CBP couldn't control their own officers for a congressional tour. What else do you call that but a rogue agency? Wow. I I don't believe Ocasio-Cortez for a second. I really don't. She seems to be like being very hyperbolic for political points. As I stated earlier, she obstructed, obstructed the aid bill and she is trying as hard as she can to justify her position. This is the point I made a couple days ago that Ocasio-Cortez turns her insane statements into policy positions. She says they're concentration camps. I re- no, not one more dollar. Then everyone says, uh, Cortez, the kids need beds. She goes, well, uh, they're, they're, they're a rogue agency. That, that's, that's, that's why I'm not going to fund them. No, Ocasio-Cortez. That's not how the system works. That's not how the government works. There are certainly bad actors. I certainly believe we can improve, account- we can always approve uh, uh, accountability and we can open up these facilities and try and make sure, like to, to an extent to like auditors and things like that to make sure we do better. You know what we need first? You know what we need to make these things better? Funding. And that's what the bill was that you obstructed because you wanted to send your message. It's a rogue agency. Are you now saying that CBP should be disbanded? What's your solution? She doesn't have one. She's been complaining nonstop, talking about how these facilities are bad, but then refusing to get in line with everyone else when they come up with a plan to solve the problem, saying it's a blank check for misconduct. That's what she said. Is that a joke? What else can you do? Are you, are you, are you seriously implying we should just shut them down and scuttle everybody out into the desert? I, they're in El Paso, so I don't want to make it seem like it's, you know, the, the wild, wild west or anything like that. But listen, they may not be good conditions, so they need to be improved. I've heard stories about these facilities and they sound horrifying. Not all of them. Some of them. They have terrible names. Okay, so I stand with the other Democrats who are, who are proposing this funding bill. And I'll say it again, much respect to all Democrats who agreed to sign onto this bill because it's about time the problems got solved and it's a good bipartisan effort. But Ocasio-Cortez seems to be trying to save face. So what she does is she doubles down, triples down, quadruples down. She never stops. She doesn't know where the line is. She doesn't know how to say, maybe I was wrong about this. She is, she is off her rocker as far as I'm concerned. And she's dangerous. The rhetoric is getting dangerous. The refusals 
to admit when you've made a mistake are dangerous. You were wrong, Ocasio-Cortez. The only message you sent by refusing to fund this bill, excuse me, the only message sent was to the migrants who had to drink from the toilet. It's not the border patrol's fault if they don't have the facilities or the funding. It's not their fault. They laughed at some silly joke and you were mad that they're laughing. What, it's, it's like this weird, weird, egotistical, narcissistic position. But I'll tell you what, look at those photos. Remember that, that, that story about the weird PR stunt she did where she cried over an empty parking lot? For those that don't promote the story, there's photos of her looking forlorn into the camera and like pretending, I think she was pretending to cry. And then it was photos of her. She got reamed by left and right because they were like, why are you showing us pictures of you crying instead of the facilities? But then a photo emerged from a different angle where you could see what she was actually looking at. And it was just an empty stretch of road. There was nothing there. What was she crying about? It really came off like a narcissistic PR stunt where she's looking at the camera all sad. And she's got her, you know, she's another photo with her hands in her face. It's become a meme now. There's one where Joe Biden's creeping up on her. That one's funny. I, I, I believe that Ocasio-Cortez is, is, is rather sociopathic. She's one of these people who's never tasted true power. And now she's desperate to have it. She won't back down. She won't admit when she's wrong. And I've seen this behavior time and time again. And I'll tell you where it goes. She's going to drive herself off a cliff. If you can't check yourself, you will wreck yourself. Ocasio-Cortez keeps going further and further out there making nonsensical statements like never again. Democrats are eager to get in line. Eventually you go so far left, you fall off the cliff. Like, like I mentioned the other day when I was saying about these skateboarders, they all said, man, what is wrong with that woman? What little support she had from regular people is, is, is drifting away as she makes these nonsensical statements and no one believes her anymore. Of course, the tribal resistance, you know, the tribal resistance, Twitterati, they're going to back her up no matter what. Regular people are not going to fall in line with this. I got to say, you know, I've questioned whether or not she'd be reelected because there's some pros and cons. There's the fact that she's famous, so she might just get enough votes to get reelected. But there's also negativity in that fame. And it might inspire a record number of people to come out and vote against her. She may face a redistricting where they just get rid of her district. She may face a primary challenge and she may face an actual Republican contender. But I got to say this. You want to talk about rogue agency? Let's talk about you, Ocasio-Cortez. You are the rogue agent. The Democrats agreed on the bill and you refused because you are the rogue agent. Plain and simple. I'm not going to make this video a million year, uh, another half an hour video. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Let me know what you think. Comment below. If you're listening on the podcast, you can leave a, a, a review. More videos to come starting at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast. I, I could talk about this for a million years because I've got other stories, but here's what I'm going to do. I've got another story about the border that I think is extremely alarming. Reports that border agents are arming themselves over a fear of riots. I'm going to save that for the next segment because a lot more to talk about. So stick around. I will see you in the next story in a few moments. Thanks for hanging out. YouTube.com slash Timcast News starting at 6 p.m. The order is inverted for the podcast, but I will see you there. Colin Kaepernick apparently reached out to Nike and got them to pull an American flag shoe. When I first heard this story, I thought someone was joking. I swear to God. Someone said, hey, did you hear about this? I said, no way, dude. That's a lie. There's no way somebody would be so salty as to get an American flag shoe pulled from stores, nor would Nike be so dumb as to do it. It's a shoe with the American flag on it. Well, they did. Wow. Talk about 
Talk about being a whiny, like just awful person. From the Wall Street Journal, Nike nixes Betsy Ross flag sneaker after Colin Kaepernick intervenes. Sneaker maker pulls Independence Day themed shoe after NFL star raises concerns about symbolism. It's the, it's the American flag. Wow. I really, I really couldn't believe. I, I, can you believe this? Like, it sounds like, like some, it, I swear to God, it sounds like some conservative person made this up to smear Colin Kaepernick, except it's in the Wall Street Journal with two different reporters on it. And apparently the shoe's been pulled. He actually did this. Talk about being like, man, I don't want to swear. Like, but yeah, what a bad person. What a really bad person. Okay. It's Independence Day coming up. The shoe, hey, I wouldn't buy it. Now I kind of want to. (laughs) Now it's a collector's item. Okay. Apparently it's the flag with the 13 stars for the original colonies, the birth of our nation. And they're, they're mad. It's offensive. I kid you not. And the Wall Street Journal even tells a story about like uh, other people who have been uh, gotten in trouble or something for waving the, the original flag at a high school. I don't know. It's so insane. They're saying the original flag is offensive because of the era it came from. There is a ton of bad stuff from the past. We're not going to throw away everything because some things were bad some point in time. We want to remember the good things. I tell you what, you know, the United States ended slavery. You know, the United States passed civil rights law. That flag symbolizes the creation of a liberal democracy. And no, that doesn't mean left-leaning. It means freedom and liberty for all. I know we're not a democracy, we're a republic, but liberal democracy refers to our democratic institutions and freedom at the individual level. That's what, the, that's what that flag symbolizes. It symbolizes that there was the birth of a nation. And over time, we said, we will, pr- we will protect the civil rights of people. We weren't perfect in the beginning, but we have, we have progressed to the point where more and more people are protected under the Constitution with their civil liberties. That's what the flag represents. The beginning of a point in time where you could live in a country that legalized gay marriage, that, that ended slavery, that has done these things to progress civil rights. Are we the best in the world? Well, you can make arguments about Europe and other countries. Fine. The point is, we've done good. We have. Things are better today. They look at this and they see negativity. And so what happens? I kid you not, Colin Kaepernick intervenes. Before we read this, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. YouTube has dramatically reduced suggestions for my content, so I rely on you to share these videos if you really like it, or support me through TimCast.com slash donate. But it's up to you. Let's get back to the story. Nike Inc. is yanking a USA-themed sneaker featuring an early American flag after NFL star turned activist Colin Kaepernick told the company it shouldn't sell a shoe with a symbol that he and others consider offensive, according to people familiar with the matter. Are you kidding me? You're offended by the American flag. Too bad. I'm not. I want the shoe. I didn't want the shoe before, but now I want it. I would never... Look, so in my van... Okay, the, the, the van is built. I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, I, I want to get it to, the, to a nice point where I can do a video about it. But we have pillows on the bed, the American flags on it. And one of them says, the land I love or something like that. They're just silly Walmart pillows. I didn't even buy them, but I kid you not. When I posted these photos, I got comments from people saying, why are you putting the American flag in your van? I'm like, is this a joke? Because I live in America. <laughs> because I like America. I've been around the world. There's, you know, if you really want to show people why America's great, just, just have them travel the world. And then they come back and they go, wow, America's pretty awesome. Let's read. 
The sneaker giant created the Air Max One USA in celebration of, of the July 4th holiday, and it was slated to go on sale this week. The heel of the shoe featured a U.S. flag with 13 stars in a circle, a design created during the American Revolution and commonly referred to as the Betsy Ross flag. After shipping the shoe to retailers, Nike asked for them to be returned without explaining why, the people said. The shoes aren't available on Nike's own apps and websites. Nike has chosen not to release the Air Max One Quick Strike 4th of July as it featured the old version of the American flag, a Nike spokeswoman said. After images of the shoe were posted online, Mr. Kaepernick, a Nike endorser, reached out to to company officials saying that he and others felt the Betsy Ross flag is an offensive symbol because of its connection to an era of slavery, the people said. Some users on social media responded to posts about the shoe with similar concerns. Mr. Kaepernick declined to comment. The design was created in the 1770s to represent the 13 original colonies, though there were many early versions of the American flag, according to the Smithsonian. In the 1790s, stars and bars were added to reflect the addition of Vermont and Kentucky as states. U.S. uh, uh, US flag designs continued to change as states were admitted into the Union until the 50th star was added for Hawaii. Check this out. In 2016, the superintendent of a Michigan school district apologized after students waved the Betsy Ross flag at a high school football game, saying that for some, it is a symbol of white supremacy and nationalism, according to uh, MLive.com, a local news outlet. While the flag u- flag's use isn't widespread, the local chapter of the NAACP said at the time that it has been appropriated by some extremist groups opposed to America's increasing d- diversity. I don't care who's using it or why. That's the original American flag, a symbol of the creation of our country, which we all should be loving so dear. I think it's really funny. There's a jo- there was a joke on Family Guy, I remember, where they're re- they're, I think they were listening to, uh, uh, it, was a, it was a spoof on Hannity and Combs or something where one of the Fox News guys is like, liberals hate America. They hate America. And this is something I've heard a lot. Like when I was growing up, Republicans saying that liberals hate America. And then liberals always push back saying, no, we don't. We love America. We want to change. Like, hold on, man. We can talk about progress all day and night. But when you want to tear down symbols of the creation of the country, I have to question what your true motives are. Getting the, the, the American flag shoe removed because it's offensive, to me, is beyond insane beyond insane. It's the, it's the American flag. It exists. Period. What are you going to do? You're going to remove pictures of Thomas Jefferson? Time to take down the Thomas Jefferson statue. He was a slave owner. You're going to take down George Washington. All these people are, are historical figures. That's where we're heading. I can't like, you know, I, I would, I would have said before it's, it's hyperbolic. It's nonsense. But I, like I said, when I heard the story, I was, I laughed and I'm like, no, he didn't. Colin Kaepernick did not get the American flag shoe pulled from store. He did. I, I have no idea. I, like, I am not a conservative. I have never been a conservative. I am a fairly moderate left-leaning individual, and I can say it for the billionth time. But as somebody who believes in, in, in you know, like, uh, social justice, who thinks that systemic racism in this country is a problem that can be solved, this is not that. This is, like, souring good things, positive symbols, for the sake of destruction, as far as I'm concerned. This in no way advances civil rights. It's divisive and it tears apart. It it is damaging to social cohesion. One guy, one guy said, I don't want this. And so Nike says, okay, no more American flag. That to me is insane. If you don't like the shoe, don't buy it. They were going to buy it in the first place. That's the thing. We see this all the time with social justice, outrage, authoritarianism. They weren't going to buy your product. Why change for them? It's like video games. 
People who don't play video games complain about it, so they change the game, and then nobody wants to buy it. This, to me, is, is insane. Now, I can't go as so far, I can't go as far as to say this will be a get woke, go broke. We, we'll see. But I gotta say, man, this, for me, is like, you know what, Nike? I never liked you in the first place because of your child labor fiascos, you know what I mean? But uh, if, if there was ever, look, there, there's, there are some good Nike skate shoes, and I've considered buying them. That'll never happen, okay? For those that aren't familiar with skateboarding, one of the most important things you can have is a good pair of shoes because you're using them on the board and they get destroyed very quickly. Nike entered skateboarding, you know, I don't know, 15 or so years ago, like a while ago, and it was controversial. It was very controversial, but they did put out some pretty good shoes. You know what? At this point, I don't care. I want to have nothing to do with what you're doing. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see... <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that far. Let's read. Uh, they say that Mr. Kaepernick, 31, last played for the NFL in 2016. The season he began kneeling on the field during the national anthem to call attention to social injustices and racial inequality. The former San Francisco 49ers quarterback has gone unsigned since, along with former teammate Eric Reed, in February settled collusion grievances that alleged the league and its teams conspired to keep them unsigned because of their outspoken political views. The settlement was, was for less than $10 million, the Wall Street Journal reported. You know, I don't know a whole lot about that, but I will say this. This guy is a toxic, toxic brand. And I gotta say, after this, I'd be really surprised if anybody wants to do any kind of campaign with him, albeit like a small campaign for a specifically like social justice oriented thing. Like, you know, Splinter News and BuzzFeed might hire him to do like a video segment or something. But I think this is the nail in the coffin. What is the point of a celebrity? And what is the point of, you know, a personality? It's to sell products, plain and simple. There are, you know, this is one of the reasons why you have a lot of celebrities who don't want to get involved in politics, because I think it was Michael Jordan who said he didn't want to play politics because Republicans buy shoes too. And you recognize that there are political differences in this country, but for the most part, you know, look, we're all Americans here. And if you want to make something that works for people, you don't want to tell half of the people of this country it's not for them. This is totally different. This is Nike saying we're going to make a shoe for, for you know, to show patriotism and, you know, the 4th of July. That flag is a symbol of the 4th of July. It is the day of independence. That's what that flag symbolizes. They have quite literally got a shoe pulled celebrating the independence of the United States. That's crazy. That's so crazy to me. I can't even, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words other than saying I'm at a loss for words. I don't know, I don't know how to describe how, how insane this story is. And it's trending in the United States. I think it's n number two and like number eight. Colin Kaepernick and Nike are trending. And it's mostly people shocked like, are you kidding me? Let's read a little bit of this. They say, um, he was made the face of an advertising campaign while he was still engaged in the, in, in the dispute with the league. A risky move, considering Nike's roles as one of the NFL's biggest partners. The campaign generated backlash among some consumers who began torching Nike shoes and cutting its swoosh logo out of its gear. The protests were countered by expression of support for Nike. I love it. I love how these left-wing activists are like this massive multinational corporation that hires children or did hire children to make their shoes. That's the beacon of social justice. What a world, huh? Since the ad was released, Nike has posted higher sales, boosted by strong demand in both the US and China. I don't think that is anything. I, I would say this. I think they're doing well in spite of hiring Kaepernick. He's a divisive figure. It's not a positive thing to do. It generated attention for your brand. Most people didn't care. They're going to buy your shoes anyway because they're, you know, relatively, you've got relatively inexpensive mall shoes for, for Nike. I'll tell you what, though. This is a real kick in the groin. T getting rid of the American flag shoe for the 4th of July? Are you 
that's insane. I, I'm just, I am flabbergasted. They say at least some of the USA-themed shoes have already made their ways to sneaker enthusiasts. Versions of the Air Max 1 were changing hands on sneaker reselling site StockX for as much as $500 on Monday, according to the site. After this journal article was published, the price fluctuated, with one pair uh, fetching as much as 2000 and another as little as $140. I, 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 you know what, man? Final thought. I seriously thought this was fake. I seriously thought this was a fake story. When you talk about fake news, right? There was a big trend of uh, right-wing fake news because it's really easy to make right-wing rage bait. I've talked to people about really simple examples of stories that are easily faked. You write something about like, you know, Black Lives Matter obstructing a highway and there's like an ambulance and you say like, you know, somebody in the ambulance lost their life because the protesters, it's really a- easy to make those fake, it's a fake story. It's an example of a fake story designed to generate outrage. It's really easy to do. What the left was doing for their rage bait, their fake, their fake articles, was you find a story and you stretch it to frame it in a way that makes it outrageous. That way you can always hide behind plausible deniability. Oh no, it's true. We just think of it this way. And then you see like Al Jazeera Plus, you know, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, cranking out these manipulative rage bait articles for traffic. On the right side, you had total con artists, like literally. They had these ridiculous fake websites called like, you know, American Liberty for Patriots.news. And it would just be fake news. And they would try and make them go viral on Facebook, uh, you know, targeting like boomers and older people who didn't know better and would share the story. It would make a lot of money for them. This story is perfect rage bait for conservatives. Who the hell is going to believe it's such a perfect storm. Colin Kaepernick, who triggered this big protest of, you know, from kneeling, conservatives got mad. Then he did the Nike ad, and then people burned stuff, intervened to get an American flag shoe removed. I, you cannot make this stuff up. What is going on? It's like, we're, it's, you know what? The simulation is real. We are living in a simulation and the simulation strikes again. I'm kidding, by the way. I'm just, I'm just so shocked at how perfect of an outrage story this is. Why would Colin Kaepernick do this? You got to be a real, real a-hole to call up a company and say, take down your 4th of July shoe. And you got to be really dumb as a, com- like, as a company to be like, okay, and do it. Man, I don't even, I- I'm, I'll, I'll leave it there. Stick around. The next segment will be coming up at 1 p.m. And I will see you all then. Updates in the Andy No case. Harmeet K. Dillon has announced she's basically basically going to be suing anybody involved, everybody that she can sue, and she has set up a legal fundraiser. Now, I believe the GoFundMe is around 150000 for Andy personally. He appeared on CNN. Much credit to CNN for covering the story. I'm really surprised. I didn't think they would do it, but they did, and they had Andy on to talk about it. Fox News as well. And Andy says he's suffering cognitive issues after the attack. And that makes sense, especially considering he had a brain bleed. Seems like he's going to be okay for the most part, but there are going to be, uh, it does look like he's he's experiencing lingering uh, injuries and issues with his uh, cognitive abilities. Excuse me, on on the show, it was very uh, uh, obvious he was having trouble recalling and, and speaking clearly. So hopefully Andy will be okay. And that's why I said, look, you might think 150k is a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but not when you're dealing with a, a, a permanent injury, right? So if Andy is facing, you know, uh, cognitive issues, that could be lifelong. I assure you that money, that 150k is not going to be enough. 
But now we are seeing a fundraiser for legal issues. Perhaps this could help accommodate any other costs involved in medical care for the uh, moving forward. So much thanks to everybody who supported Andy, who's viciously attacked. That money can go towards his immediate needs. But with this legal fund, Harmeet will be suing lots of people, maybe even the city, the police, the mayor, probably the people who attacked him. And that money from those suits might actually be what Andy needs in the long run. So let's, let's, let's read a little bit about this. And we've got some disinfo to debunk. To debunk. Harmeet tweets, in response to many requests, a legal fund has been started to raise funds for a lawsuit against both private and public parties who contributed to the multiple assaults on Mr. Andy No and others. This weekend in Portland, you may contribute here. If Portland's leadership unequally enforces the laws, put citizens in harm's way, and enable vicious assaults, they should answer in court. And the criminal gang Antifa that terrorizes regular Americans and journalists may also see its members sued, its leaders' assets at risk. No assets, you say? No matter. If they live in their parents' basements and are part of a vicious gang, let's hope their liability insurance is up to date. While local, state, federal law enforcement dally, private free, uh, free speech lawyers intend to pursue justice in the courts. Litigation is expensive. Someone is funding the Antifa criminals. Those truck rentals, flyers, fiberglass knuckles, chemicals, communications, bail money don't come for free. Liberty lovers, please step up and contribute to make sure what happened to Mr. Andy No won't happen again. Well, it will happen again, but at least you can still do something about it. So this is the uh, Publius Lex. It's a campaign so far has raised one. Actually, let's refresh this and see where they're at so far, because this is relatively new. So they're at 1% of its goal, and I'm fighting a sneeze, forgive me. They write, journalist Andy No was brutally attacked by members of Antifa in Portland. We know that. The Portland Police Department refused to intervene and has arrested no one despite video evidence of the assaults. Now Andy is asking for your help in pursuing civil legal action against his attackers and anyone in the government who may be held accountable. Your tax-deductible contributions will directly bring the violent members of Antifa to justice, and make sure that other members of the public are not assaulted in a similar manner with impunity in the future. And so Mayor Ted Wheeler has issued a statement. Ted Cruz has called on some kind of law enforcement or investigation into Ted Wheeler for allowing this stuff to happen. He's the mayor of Portland, by the way. Ted Cruz tweeted to federal law enforcement, investigate and bring legal action against a mayor who has, for political reasons, ordered his police officers to let citizens be attacked by domestic terrorists. Ted Wheeler responded, Dear Ted Cruz, at least get your facts straight. I ordered no such thing. Could you divert some of those investigation dollars to something that would actually benefit American cities? Infrastructure, affordable housing, mental health services come to mind. Uh, yes, I agree. Mental health services for people like Antifa. But Ted Wheeler did issue a longer statement, and it seems he actually tried to pass some of the blame onto the people who are expressing their free speech. Check this out. He tweeted, Portland has always been a beacon of free speech. We are proud of that history. Yeah, I don't think so. Always? Well, at least not recently. But in the last couple of years, okay, so, okay, I, I'll, I'll stand corrected. He, he, he goes on. But this is where I'm going to criticize him. But in the last couple of years, some have increasingly used their opportunity to exercise their First Amendment rights as an opportunity to incite violence. Who? When? How? You can't use your First Amendment rights to incite violence because incitement to violence is not protected by the First Amendment. This, in my opinion, is Ted Wheeler trying to blame the right-wing groups that are holding rallies for the violence bestowed upon them. Listen, when Patriot Prayer and the Proud Boys want to march around saying silly things, they're allowed to. Sorry, 
They are. They're not inciting anything by waving American flags and chanting for Trump. If Antifa shows up and then attacks them, it's Antifa's fault, period. Period. And I made this, you know, I, I made this distinction clear back in like Berkeley with these ongoing uh, fights where people would say like, oh, but the right wing groups are coming to these communities. So what? They're allowed to. They're, you can't say, listen, if Antifa doesn't show up, there's no violence. It's just like if the Proud Boys, that's what I told people. Listen, if the Proud Boys show up to your city to do a rally, you know what happens? They stand there, nothing. Then they go to a bar, get drunk and go home. End of story. Who cares? Literally, who cares? Antifa they are they're live action role playing some kind of la resistance against the machine. So they found a target to beat up and smear and the media runs defense for them. When Ted Wheeler says they're using their first amendment rights as an opportunity to incite violence, what he's really saying is, well, they should know better than to, 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 to stand somewhere and talk about their feelings. He goes on over the weekend. Some chose to engage in violence in Portland, which is unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Oh, please. This has been going on for how long? Years? What have you done? We stand against all forms of violence, regardless of someone's political leanings. Portland police officers have the uh, the unenviable task of keeping the peace. It's a difficult job and hard decisions are made in real time. While we continue to learn more about what transpired over the weekend, we will keep you informed. We will do everything we can to make sure that those who have committed violence are held accountable. I really, really don't believe it. I think there will be some half-hearted, oh, here's what we're going to do, and no. I don't think they're going to do anything about it, and the problem will persist. I Look, Portland is a fun place, and I've met some very, you know, interestingly, when I was there, I was there a while ago, there's a lot of people in Portland who seem to know who I am and liked my work. I called Portland, the, you know, Twitter in real life, the internet fight in real life, because you have these like moderates who are, you know, these people are nuts. You have crazy far right and you have the crazy far left. Well, it's extreme in Portland to say, to, to, to put it very simply, it is politically extreme. And for that, I have no desire or intention to go to such a horrifying place. And I, and, and you know, I don't think Portland cares if I'm going to go there or not, but I won't. I won't. Why? Why would I want to go to a place where you have roving bands of black clad individuals beating up gay Asian journalists? That sounds like one of the worst places in the country. Seriously, you could go, you could go to an actual, like there are racist parts of this country, like straight up where gay Asian journalists won't be physically attacked. It is worse in Portland than say like the deep South. And I only say the deep South because people often claim that's where all the racists are. Fine. But guess what? You're more likely to be attacked by Antifa apparently. But there is a really interesting phenomenon. Uh, well, I'll, I'll debunk the fake news in a second. I, I, I want to highlight this tweet from Benny. He says, one of these men wrote a self-congratulating book about how he and other journalists are being attacked in Trump's America. Yes, with naughty words. The other's a journalist who actually was physically attacked in America, not by Trump, but by people who hate Trump. Photos taken on the same day. Wow. You've got Jim Acosta, Looks like he's on a plane or something, toasting himself with a big old smirk on his face. Where wrote a silly book where he was like, someone once gave me the middle finger. It's really funny. I don't know a single journalist who has had to hold a security briefing with security, like, you know, with, with professional security over attending a Trump rally indoors. I, as well as many others, have taken hostile environment awareness training called a heat program because urban conflict, Antifa specifically, will violently assault you. When I've done the hostile environment awareness training, they specifically talk about black bloc left-wing extremists. This is a known hazard for journalists. Rarely, 
do you encounter far-right individuals who will attack the press? It happens. It is rare, however. When we do these trainings, they don't say, be worried about the Trump supporters. No. They tell you straight up, Trump supporters won't bother you at all. In fact, Trump supporters will ask for your help in getting the message out. Trump supporters are not far-right extremists. Far-right extremists may actually attack the press, though it is rare when they do. However, left-wing individuals will obstruct your camera, put signs in your face, throw things at you, and the far-left extremists will physically batter you. That's a, a, a fact when it comes to trainings. But let's talk about now, beyond. The, uh, let's debunk some fake news. Heather Hying highlighted how Antifa and far-left you know, allies on media are, are doing simple uh, CSS or HTML edits to change the story, take screenshots, and then make people, they say, look what really happened. Because here's, you know, here's what they do. They screenshot stories and share them because they don't want you to be able to, they don't want you to actually go and investigate yourself. There, there's a fake story here claiming that Andino staged the attack or this one. Here's the real headline. He was, headline, he was attacked. And then you have this one where apparently Robbie Sove, who of course didn't write this, claims that he hired Proud Boys to oppose his Antifa. What they do is they simply inspect the story, change it, change it, right? You, you, it's literally takes two seconds, screenshot it and then share it. And now people are believing it. What happened after Portland? There's a far left activist account with a decent amount of followers who claimed Jack Posobiec tweeted that there was maybe cement and milkshakes. And then the police picked up the rumor and spread it. In fact, it was the other way around. Police officers witnessed what they believed to be cement being poured into uh, milkshakes, and some people reported seeing it drying to look like quick dry cement to a certain, uh, in, in some capacity. That's what they believed, and the police reported it because quick dry cement has a very is, is alkaline and it can cause chemical burns. When it sets, it also can cause an exothermic burn, a heat burn. However, the sugar may prevent setting. At least that's what people are saying. The real concern is the chemical burn. Uh, far-left activists on Twitter are now inverting it. They're lying because they want people to believe the police are working with the far-right. These people are disgusting. They are evil. What you're seeing here, this is what evil looks like. Tricking the ignorant into falling in line and following them because they want power. That is all they want. They're disgusting, insidious individuals who seek power to abuse it because they want to watch the world burn. Quite literally, the Joker from The Dark Knight. That's all they care about. They don't care about the world being a better place. They just want it to burn for fun. And you know how I know this? I've sat down and spoken to these people. I know many of these people dating back to Occupy Wall Street. I have been in some people's homes. Prominent far-left activists who are Antifa writers today, some of the journalists who write in defense of Antifa, have told me in no uncertain terms, isn't it fun just to stir things up and watch everything go crazy? That's actually what they told me. So I know their MO. They're insane people with insane motives and insane objectives. And that's and, and they're defended by others who just want power, the grifters. I'll leave it there. We'll see what happens. Um, Andy No has a legal fund. They're going to be suing. And Harmeet is, uh, is not pulling any punches. She said she's going to sue everyone she can. Everyone. I think that would satisfy a lot of people who are sick of the violence. So let me know what you think. Stick around. Next segment will be at 4 p.m. on the main channel, youtube.com slash TimCast. It is a different channel from this one, and I will see you all there. I find myself saying the words civil war more and more often. And I've had conversations with people who say that it's just not going to happen, and things like this have happened in the past, and maybe that's true. I'm 33. 
There are certainly people who are older than me who have seen things that are much more chaotic, like the civil rights era, for instance. We have a story here. Agents armed themselves amid fears of riots at Texas Migrant Station Report. Why do I bring up civil war? It's because we're seeing a massive influx of people, emergency levels, hundreds of thousands of people. We can't contain this group of people. What can the U.S. do? Well, we can deport people. It's very expensive. We can build a wall. We can fund more facilities. But in the end, the migrants keep coming. They're traveling far and wide from Africa, even from Southern, uh, South America through Central America up to Mexico. It's not so much that they're looking for asylum. The asylum seekers, I think, are absolutely welcome. It's an issue of, you know, first of all, a lot of people claiming asylum. They're, they're like going from Honduras to Mexico to the U.S. They could stay in Mexico. They're going to keep coming. Where do you think this leads? What happens next? Well, there's the potential for riots and uh, border agents that are arming themselves. What do you think the left is going to do if you see a bunch of CBP agents fighting off migrant riots? I seriously don't know what the answer is is to a problem like this. It just looks like more dangerous escalation. I don't think this can be turned around. The Democrats don't want to get on board with deportation. They're, in fact, the opposite. The debates, they said, let them stay. Republicans say no way. So this divide is becoming so intense. We can't just either either we're going to allow open borders or we're going to secure our border, secure the borders and deport these people. But I'll tell you this, if nothing gets done, we're going to see mass riots. And then you're going to have propaganda videos of, you know, migrants storming the barrier. Republicans will share. You'll have propaganda videos of CBP fighting, you know, and hitting migrants. The left will share. And where do you think this brings us? Let's read the story. Before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There is a PayPal option, a crypto option, a physical address. However, YouTube no longer suggests my videos in the same way they used to. So I ask you to suggest my video. If you think they're good, share them on social media. The story says, U.S. government inspectors reviewing an El Paso, Texas migrant station warned as far back as May that conditions were so bad that border agents were arming themselves for possible riots, according to a report. The findings in a report by the Department of Homeland Security, uh, Homeland Security's Office of Inspector General, that NBC News obtained counters acting DHS Secretary Kevin McAleenan's assertion on Friday that news stories of poor conditions for children were unsubstantiated. The internal report said that during a May 7 tour, inspectors found that only four showers were available for 756 immigrants. More than half of the immigrants were being held outside, and those inside were kept in cells, housing more than five times their capacity. A cell meant for a maximum of 35 people held 155 adult males with a single toilet and sink, NBC reported, citing the report. Uh, citing the report, the crowding was so extreme that the men could not lie down and sleep. I, I understand, New York Post, if you're trying to fluff an article, but can you tell us about why they're arming themselves, please? So let's, let's, let's skip forward because I get it. We know they're bad. With limited access to showers and cleaning clothes, detainees were uh, wearing soiled clothing for days and weeks. Yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, border agents remained armed in holding areas amid concerns of possible unrest, the report said. Agents normally store their weapons in a lockbox when they enter holding areas, uh, according to a DHS official. Medical concerns also mounted last month when agents reported taking sick migrants to the hospital five times a day, treating 75 people for lice in a single day, and trying to quarantine outbreaks of the flu, chickenpox, and scabies. Last week, lawyers allowed inside a border patrol facility near, uh, near uh, nearby Clint, Texas, 
reported children taking care of other kids by uh, and living in soiled clothing during a news conference Friday. Okay, you know what? I'm, 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 okay, I get it. Listen, New York Post, you're trying to fluff the article up. Can you just tell us what the point is? The point I want to highlight is the, the it, it's worrying to hear that conditions are bad. I get it. We know that the aid package has been signed. Ocasio-Cortez has reject, you know, sent a message by rejecting it. I went, went over all of this in my main channel video. The most important takeaway from this story is the headline of which they don't seem to actually want to talk about, that agents are arming themselves. So I will stress that point. If we get to, to, to a situation where migrants start rioting, the left will side with the migrants, the right will side with CBP, and that's going to cause an escalation. This is an escalation. But we can move on from this because I want to address something else having to do with the toilet circumstance that I mentioned in the main channel. This is a story from BuzzFeed. Women held in Border Patrol custody say they were told to drink water from toilets. There was a toilet, but no running water for people to drink. Uh, Joaquin Castro said one of the women said she was told by an agent agent to drink water out of the toilet. I don't believe that. Um, we can we can say it this way um, because I think the Daily Wire framed it like this. Ocasio-Cortez says, quote, I'm sorry, comma, without evidence, comma, that X, Y, and Z, you know, toilets. They did the without evidence thing because they always talk about that to Trump. There's no evidence. Why make the claim? Here's the thing. This is the toilet. We can see it says agua potable. On the top is a water faucet, and then there's a toilet. If there was no running water, how would there be water in the toilet? Did they shut the water off and there was water still pooling in the toilet? I don't think somebody would drink that, nor would someone force them to drink it unless, I mean, unless you actually want to make the claim that CBP was trying to torture these people, which I think is a bit conspiratorial, conspiratorial and absurd. I think what's possible, according to CBP, one of the agents said, this was reported by the Washington Examiner, the woman didn't know how to operate the faucet, so she drank from the toilet. Also, is it possible that the women didn't understand that the top was a faucet and the bottom is a toilet, and so they referred to the whole unit as a toilet. So when asked, they said, we had to drink from the toilet. I think that's a big possibility that Ocasio-Cortez said, you know, what's going on? They said, oh, they're making us drink from that toilet. And Ocasio-Cortez then says, oh my God, assuming she's talking about the basin and not the fountain. You see what I mean? So they say, uh, they basically rehash what we already know. So uh, let's, let's, let's skip over what, uh, here, here's the, here's the tweet that I wanted to make sure I highlight because I didn't, I didn't highlight this in the main video. She says, this was, in fact, the type of toilet we saw in the cell, except there was just one and the sink portion was not functioning. Anna Presley smartly tried to open the faucet and nothing came out. So the women were told they could drink out of the bowl. But I'm curious, if the water isn't coming out of the top, why would there be water going into the bottom? I'm assuming it's the same system. I doubt these toilets, maybe I'm wrong, if you're a plumber, let me know, have two different water lines going into them. Obviously, there's like the, the toilet exodus path. But I assume water going in for the basin and the fountain is going to be the same pipe. How would one not work and, the, and, and, the, and the, the toilet itself would have water? It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Let's read what the conclusion is, though. They say Judy Chu from California described what the delegation saw as appalling and disgusting. In addition to some immigrant women telling members of Congress they didn't have access to running water, one epileptic woman, epileptic woman said she had been unable to obtain medication for her condition. One woman said that Border Patrol agent told her if she wanted to drink, uh, wanted water to drink from the toilet. I really, it keeps popping up, but I really doubt it. I want to move on from this. They say that uh, during the tour Monday, a Border Patrol agent uh, took a stealth selfie, smiling with Ocasio-Cortez in the background, which she did not find amusing. 
said Corbin Trent, the Congresswoman's communication director. One of the posts in the Facebook group included a story about Ocasio-Cortez touring the border facilities and someone commented, send pics. She went around and asked agents if they thought it was amusing. Trent told BuzzFeed News, she then asked for entry into one of the areas holding children and she got it. Following publication of the ProPublica story, the Department of Homeland Security Office of the Inspector General launched an investigation into the existence of the Facebook group. We get it. And then there were some, some, some nasty posts. The point I wanted to make in this video, and it's kind of frustrating the way these, stru- these, stories, these stories are structured, but you know, it is what it is. The left and the right are increasingly living in different worlds. And it's something I stressed in my video yesterday, where Vox ran a story saying that leftists should arm themselves to defend marginalized communities. We now see these stories. This is kind of an inver- inversion to that. Uh, Border Patrol agents are arming themselves amid fears of riots at a Texas migrant station. Once again, we have a story about one faction being... uh, Now, look, I get it. Border Patrol agents can be armed. They're law enforcement. It's unusual, though. If these people riot, if these CBP shoots, harms, or beats any one of these protesters, I assure you there will be riots across the country. It's reaching a tipping point where the left is so damn sure they want this migration. It's really funny, though, because these cities then, you know, you've got cities on the border asking for help because there's too many migrants. You've got Trump sending migrants to these uh, uh, certain cities, or at least he, he was, and these cities get outraged. And now you're seeing this. There are so many people that potentials for riots are becoming possible. And I think this is the point where the left starts, you know, we're, we're like, look, Vox is saying leftists get armed. What do you think is going to happen next? That's, that's what I keep asking. If Ocasio-Cortez says people are drinking out of toilets, these are concentration camps, and then people are being told to take up arms, I can only see this going in one direction. But um, this isn't a story, I think, that can that warrants much more beyond this. And, and, and I'll stress, I apologize. The New York Post kind of fluffed this one up, talking about the facilities instead of the actual issue. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, stick around. I got some more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you shortly. It is absolutely 100% possible for Democrats to defeat Donald Trump in 2020. Unfortunately, they don't have the wherewithal to actually pull it off. Trump is not invincible in the election. I think even Trump supporters know this. It's not going to be an easy path to victory, but economic forecast models, the incumbent advantage, Trump is on track to win. The Democrats don't seem to have an actual strategy for winning. They have an act, it seems like they have a plan to attack each other, to self-destruct, to argue over race and gender relentlessly, to sour themselves to any moderate voter once it comes time to actually have the general election. But when it comes to actually the general election, I can only assume they don't have a plan at all. Here's what we've seen. In the Democratic debate, they, it was a woke contest. Bill Maher has repeatedly warned Democrats not to have a woke off. You will lose. This is less than 8% of the country, according to the Hidden Tribes report. Moderate Americans need to be taken from Trump by the Democrats in order for them to win. What the Democrats are hoping is that by going further and further left, they'll find new voters. But the way I explained it the other day, and we'll get to these stories, is that if the Democrats sacrifice one moderate voter for one progressive voter, they stay where they are, but that moderate voter then goes to Trump. You see, you see how this works? It's a strategy that's not going to work. We have this uh, op-ed from Fox News, lurching left. Are Democrats blowing their chance to beat Trump? Well, I can tell you, yes. Let's read. It's standard practice in presidential politics. Candidates move to the left or right to win the nomination, then tack toward the center in the general election. But the Democrats are in danger of marching so far left, they go over a cliff. 
That's not just my view. Mainstream reporters who tend to be less sensitive to liberal positions that match their personal views are openly acknowledging and debating the dramatic shift. It was even on the front page of the New York Times. For those whose most fervent desire is to evict Donald Trump from the White House, there's growing concern the Democrats, excuse me, are blowing it. The two debates in Miami last week crystallized how most of the candidates are taking stances that would antagonize many millions of Americans once you get out of the liberal bubble. But look, there have been numerous polls and studies, most recently in the New York Times. It tried comparing political parties in Europe to America, which I think is completely disingenuous. We are not Europe. We have a very different constitution and a different culture. But of course, they were like, based on the values of the Republican Party, they're far right based on all other countries. I don't care what Europe is doing. I care about where America is, where America is and where we can move America to, Okay. Republicans in the line have moved a little to the right and Democrats shifted so far to the left. They are to the left of the moderates in Europe. That's how far left the Democrats are gone, have gone. Now, in 2008, where Obama was, I'm a little to the left of where that is. I've been sitting here minding my own business, doing my thing, and the Democrats have gone off the deep end. So my content is absolutely critical of them because we're, they're not representative of America. It's the craziest thing to me when I meet stoner hippie skateboarders who are like, I love your content, man. And I'm like, what? how is it possible that we've come to a point where the left from 10 years ago isn't left anymore? That the left, like Democrats have just gone off the rails. Do you think you're going to get the vote of the hippie skateboarder? You're not. I know them. They're my friends. They're not going to vote for Trump, but they're not going to vote for you either. You are, you are losing their votes. So back to my earlier point where I said, if the Democrats sacrifice a moderate for a progressive, Trump gains the moderate. It's also worse than that. The Democrats are losing moderates and some progressives to try and get the woke progressives. I don't think it's going to work. Let's read on. They say a few contenders who are positioning themselves as left of center moderates are muting those views in the face of palpable progressive pressure. So with Trump already signaling that he plans to run against a socialist party, they, including Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar, are being lumped in with the left-wingers. We're talking here about big fundamental stuff, especially on health insurance and immigration. And in some instances, these are positions that no presidential candidate other than Bernie would have dared to take in 2016. But now the aspirants are torn between the burning desire to beat Trump and the overwhelming urge to be in lockstep with a woke party. And those two imperatives are coming into direct conflict. The Democrats are now a party where all 10 candidates on stage raised their hands to support health services for illegal immigrants. Meanwhile, we have actual homeless people in this country who we're not taking care of from Chicago, New York, Los Angeles. San Francisco has a human waste problem. But of course, California passed a bill. We'll see if it gets signed into law. That's going to provide health care to illegal immigrants. You'd think you'd take care of your own homeless first, but sure, fine, whatever. Don't ask me. I don't live there anymore. They say, as recently as 2016, Hillary Clinton drew flack for not having fully embraced a New York plan to give driver's licenses to illegal immigrants. And no one aggressively challenged Julian Castro when he called for decriminalizing illegal border crossings. My understanding is that's been a law since like 1939 or something. Like we said, hey, maybe we should stop illegal immigration. And now it's been nearly a century and they want to repeal this. They're going nuts. The Democrats are now a party where several top contenders, including Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris, despite the latter's subsequent attempt to fudge the issue, support government-run health care 
that would abolish private medical insurance for more than 150 million Americans, of which many are satisfied with their health care. They don't seem to understand how any of this works. The Democrats are now a party calling for free college tuition, for free community college, which would be hugely expensive. The Times news story flat out declares the debates show that many of the leading presidential candidates are breaking with the incremental politics of the Clinton and Obama eras and are embracing sweeping liberal policy changes on some of the most charged public issues in American life, even at the risk of political backlash. And with moderate Democrats repeatedly drowned out or on the defensive in the debates, the sprint to the left has deeply unnerved establishment Democrats who have largely picked the party no- uh, uh, not largely picked the party nominees in recent decades. Two leading Clintonites, James Carville and Rahm Emanuel, are on the record as ripping the leftward march, says Carville. This is an election that Trump can't win, but Democrats can lose. Exactly. Even more biting are pieces by two moderately conservative but anti-Trump columnists in the Times. David Brooks, who says he couldn't vote for Trump in a million years, writes under the headline, Dems, please don't drive me away. They, are you nuts, man? Please don't drive you away. They have driven you away. It's been nonstop from Russiagate to, to, the, to like the endless far left defense of Antifa. Granted, we have a couple candidates, uh, Eric Swalwell and Yang, who have condemned the attack on Andy No. Much respect to them for doing so. What do you think the Democrats are going to do once they win? They've already pushed you away. They pushed Dave Rubin away. They've pushed me away. Dave, Dave Rubin is famously, uh, has famously said he's not left the left. The left left him. Very confusing statement. I am still politically left. And a lot of people say, Tim, when will you write? No, 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 stop. I'm not in your tribe. I'm not in the left tribe. I'm not in the right tribe. I don't care for your tribes. I care about what I believe and my principles stand. I will give praise to Eric Swalwell, a man I have criticized in the past when he does the right thing. And the same is true for anybody. Principles are more important than tribe. And I'm not going to vote for a Democrat unless they have principles, of which Yang and Gabbard do. I'm not going to vote for a conservative, mostly because I don't agree with more of their policies as opposed to the Democrats. I have no problem voting for a Republican if I had to. I am a moderate. I lean slightly left. Not a fan of Trump. And Trump has done wrong in foreign policy areas. He's done good in domestic policy areas, of which I'm not an expert. So it is a challenge. I don't personally like Trump. I do like Gabbard. I do like Yang. That's my bias. Plain and simple. It is a personal gut bias. Some of it isn't based on logic, but that's how politics work. And that's true for everybody. But I'm absolutely listening. I'm listening. And Gabbard has stood up on anti, you know, anti-war and principle going on Tucker Carlson, going on Joe Rogan, defending free speech, fighting against censorship. Sounds like my candidate. It really, really does. Is she perfect on domestic policy? She's not, but she's got all of, she's got some of the most important things I care about. What do I care about? I don't like war. It's been one of my biggest gripes with Trump, you know, going like with all my content. I I care about censorship. We got to stop it. These private companies are bad. And I care about free speech. And Gabbard has addressed those things. She is a good candidate. And there's a lot of conservatives who have backed her because they believe war is the, the main issue that needs to be addressed. Tremendous respect. I'm not like, look, I'll give Trump respect for when he does things right. I'm leaning towards Gabbard. The rest of the Democrats, I think they're nuts. Gabbard has, has spoken on principle. She's challenged the, the, the insanity. I don't care if you want to go on stage and talk about increasing, uh, you know, a $15 minimum wage for Americans. I don't think it's the right thing necessarily. Domestic policy is not something I'm extremely passionate about. But the Democrats are going so insane. They're, quote, according to Brett Stevens, becoming a party that makes too many Americans feel like strangers in their own country. 
It feels like for the most part, Democrats are campaigning for, for Mexico and for Honduras and Guatemala. I'll tell you one thing. When it comes to Gabbard, her anti-war stance to me sounds like nationalism, sounds like America first, right? I say that not because something I am overwhelmingly in support of, but it's something that you can say to a conservative so they understand. Gabbard is saying, stop spending money on foreign wars and spend it on America. I get it. Sounds like a good idea. You want to argue domestic policy? Fine, but maybe we can spend some of that money here. The rest of the Democrats, as far as I'm concerned, we've got Yang and we've got uh, Gabbard. And Marion Williamson, I think, is hilarious, right? I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But Yang and Gabbard have principles. Andrew Yang condemned the violence against Andy No. Okay, they, uh, my, uh, my understanding is they've both defended free speech. Gabbard speaking out about censorship. The rest of them, pandering to a fringe faction of woke lunatics who are going to cost you the election. So you know what? He's right. Brett Stevens is right. It's a party that makes too many Americans feel like strangers in their own country. The story uh, ends by saying, it's not like the hard left proposals will be magically forgotten in the fall of 2020. The Democrats sure are giving Trump plenty of ammunition. Think about it. The Democrats need to win the activist vote because they want to win the primary. These are the core Democrat voters, not middle America. So they're going far left as, as far as they can because they, they want to outwoke each other. When it comes to the general election, what are they going to say? You know what? All those things I pushed in the, in the, de- in the debates for the de- Democratic primary, I don't believe in those things anymore. Then people are going to say, you're a liar and Trump's going to win. Plain and simple. Anyway, stick around. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. I will see you shortly. And it only took half a day for Nike to get woke and go broke because now they're facing the backlash from pulling the Betsy Ross shoe. For those that aren't familiar with the story, it was trending basically number one on Twitter. I did a video about it. Nike has pulled the Betsy Ross shoe. It's a shoe for the 4th of July with the original American flag on it because Colin Kaepernick apparently called him up and said it was offensive. And so they agreed and canceled the shoe. Some people are selling it for a very high price. It's going to be a collector's item. Naturally, conservatives, for the most part, are angry, but many moderates are outraged as well because it's insane. Do these people really hate America? I got to say, maybe they really do. So anyway, at the time, early this morning when I, when I did the video, they didn't really get, go broke. I mean, it's going to cost them money to pull the shoe. That was a waste of money. But now they're being truly hit. This story, Arizona governor pulls state money for Nike plant over Betsy Ross flag sneaker, Colin Kaepernick report. Apparently, They were going to receive a bunch of incentives to come to Arizona, and now it's been pulled. I I really don't understand why people think Nike is some kind of bastion of wokeness. They've been accused in the past of having, you know, sweatshop labor. They're they're a multinational corporation that doesn't care about you, and that is just trying to manipulate the woke left for for political points and for marketing points. They are are not a wholesome company by any stretch, uh, uh, by, uh, by any means. Let's read the story. CBS News reports, the blowback to Nike's decision to pull Betsy Ross American flag sneakers didn't take long. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey on Tuesday said he's rescinding financial incentives recently offered to the maker of of athletic shoes to build a $185 million plant and bring 500 jobs to the state. The governor, a Republican, made his move a day after the Goodyear City Council unanimously approved Nike's plan to build its third U.S. manufacturing plant making Nike Air shoes in the suburb of Phoenix. The city agreed to waive nearly $1 million in plan review and permit fees and reimburse Nike for another $1 million for the jobs created, according to local media reports. I mean, that's all really good news for the Arizona area. So I, I, would, I would warn 
you know, Arizona, don't, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. But I, I will say they know better than I do. I'd imagine these jobs would have been great for the economy. And it's good to see that, that Nike is built, is going to be manufacturing shoes in the U.S. This might not be a good thing to do. It might just be an emotional reaction because Nike apparently doesn't like the American flag. But hey, like I said, get woke, go broke, maybe for everybody. So uh, let's, let's read on. As the deal was approved, Nike separately decided against releasing the Air Max 1 Quick Strike 4th of July, as it featured the old version of the American flag, the company told CBS News in a statement. The shoe's design included a depiction of the Betsy Ross flag, which features 13 red and white stripes and 13 stars to represent the original U.S. colonies. The Wall Street Journal reported Monday that former NFL star and current Nike spokesman Colin Kaepernick objected to the flag's use during slavery. Kaepernick has not commented publicly on the report. Ducey, in a tweet, called Nike's decision a shameful retreat, saying American businesses should be proud of our country's history, not abandoning it. Ducey, the former CEO of Cold Stone Creamery, wow, really? I didn't know that, said he'd ordered the Arizona Commerce Authority to withdraw all financial incentive dollars under their discretion that the state was providing for the company to locate there. Nike did not immediately respond to requests for comment on Ducey's announcement. Nike also faced criticism late last year over its controversial advertising campaign featuring Kaepernick, which ultimately had the effect of burnishing the iconic brand's appeal to many investors. Kaepernick in 2016 started kneeling during the national, yeah, 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 we get it. Uh, and then they corrected the story because they changed the name. But I, I have the actual tweet thread from Doug Ducey, and it's, it's a little long, but let's, 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 let's read through it and see what he's actually saying, his own statement. He said, today was supposed to be a good day in Arizona with the announcement of a major Nike investment in Goodyear, Arizona. And then news broke yesterday afternoon that they're nixing the Betsy Ross flag. Words cannot express my disappointment at this terrible decision. I am embarrassed for Nike. Nike is an iconic American brand and American company. This country, our system of government and free enterprise have allowed them to prosper and flourish. Instead of celebrating American history, the week of our nation, uh, instead of celebrating American history, the week of our nation's independence, Nike has apparently decided that Betsy Ross is unworthy and has bowed to the current onslaught of political correctness and historical revisionism. It is a shameful retreat for the company. American businesses should be proud of our country's history, not abandoning it. But it's not just Nike. There's a bunch of companies that have been outsourcing factories, sending jobs overseas. And I, and, and I said this uh, recently, I think it was Dylan Radigan who said the country was being extracted. Think about what these businesses are doing and how it's going to impact our economy. Americans buy the product. But where do Americans get money from? Their jobs. If the jobs move overseas... That money is now going into the pocket of Chinese and Mexican workers. I have no problem with those workers. By all means, congratulations on your job. But these American companies are producing products overseas, sending money overseas. Americans spend money on the pro that product that goes into the pocket of the rich CEOs and the, and, and the people who work there, you know, in, managerial, uh, in a managerial capacity, in an executive capacity. And then a lot of that money goes to foreign citizens. So how does that money make its, make its way back to the U.S.? Essentially, those jobs are being taken away, and it's resulting in a middle America that, lo and behold, votes for Donald Trump because their jobs are being taken away. So I will say this. I, I ultimately think it's a bad idea to pull these incentives simply because Nike didn't want to make a promotional decision. It's kind of a weird circumstance, right? Nike is going to do a promo shoe. They, they made a decision not to do it. I think it's silly. I think it's stupid. And I think it's a mistake. But I think the market should punish them, 
not and not the government's incentives uh, incentives and tax program. I think if people don't if people want to react to what Nike is doing, then react and have negative press and don't buy their shoe. This I think goes a little too far. The jobs would have been a good thing, but let's read on and see what he has to say. He says Nike has made its decision, and now we're making ours. I've ordered the Arizona Commerce Authority to withdraw all financial incentive dollars under their discretion that the state was providing for the company to locate here. Arizona's economy is doing just fine without Nike. All right, well then, I guess I can leave it there and say, maybe they didn't really need it. Maybe this was just, okay, fine, Nike, we'll give you some incentives. If they don't need it, then I guess it's get won't go broke. We don't need to suck up to companies that consciously denigrate our nation's history. And finally, it shouldn't take a controversy over a shoe for our kids to know who Betsy Ross is, a founding mother. Her story should be taught in all American schools. In the meantime, it's worth Googling her. Someone, resp- we see the top response here. Good. There are plenty of blue states that will take this economic development. So this per- right, this person is kind of bringing up the criticism that I did. Nike is, I, I, here's the problem. You're going to see some blue states say, hey, we'll give you a better incentive. You might see like New York say, we just lost Amazon. Nike, why don't you come here and we'll respect your decision to tarnish the American flag. All this does is give an opportunity. Well, actually, this might actually be really good for the Republicans because think about this. If a blue state does step up and say, bring the American flag shoe and the manufacturing plant to us, they're basically just drawing that dividing line where Republicans are going to say the Democrats have lost it. I'll tell you what, man. Supermarkets sell American flags. You want to know why they sell American flags? Because even moderates, even Democrats who aren't this woke progressive nonsense, who don't believe this nonsense, like America, and they buy American flags. As long as these companies keep pandering to the woke progressives who, who like, wouldn't, they weren't going to buy your shoe in the first place, dude. As long as they keep doing this, all that's going to happen is moderates will vote Republican or abandon the Democratic Party. You know, one of the videos I made uh, a few days ago about the Democratic debates, a Washington Post reporter saying that she overheard someone say, I don't think I'm a Democrat anymore, based on what the, the, they were saying in the debates. And it's, it's, it's a hard argument. Uh, it's a hard position to deny. It's a, hard, uh, it's a hard idea to argue. The Democrats have gone nuts. We're at a point now where Colin Kaepernick thought it was appropriate to say no American flags on our shoes. I went to school. They taught us about this, the, 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 13, the, the, the original American flag. It's a piece of our nation's history. It's not a representation of the bad. It's a representation of the good. And Betsy Ross, isn't she like kind of like a feminist icon? She made a woman made the American flag. And look at this. Let's see some of the other responses to the tweets. Losing jobs for constituents to own the libs. Brilliant. Gotta say, I think that uh, that criticism isn't uh, isn't wrong. Uh, You know, trying to spite Nike and getting rid of their jobs, maybe not a good idea, but I'll tell you this. Nike might not change their plans. They might just still go to Arizona. And now there you go. Get what go broke. Someone said, I wish you had the same energy you're showing Nike for the men and women that marched in the streets of America waving the uh, uh, World War II German flag. Someone responded, so less jobs. This person says, historians aren't, historians aren't even sure if the story of Washington visiting Betsy Ross. Oh, who cares about that? A state punishing a company for exercising its freedom to speak or not to speak a certain way sounds problematic on First Amendment grounds. I agree. I completely agree. It's kind of a weird and silly position that a government is going to, uh, you know, renege on a deal because Nike made uh, a detestable decision. Look, I'll criticize Nike all day and night for, for pulling the shoe, but should the government really intervene in a way to disincentivize speech? I don't think so. 
At the same time, this isn't a matter of uh, restricting. It's a matter of not giving an incentive. So it's different. Uh, Nike's losing a, a net positive over their decision. I think it's a weird thing for the government to do. But the government isn't telling them they can't speak. So it's not restrictive. At the end of the day, I'll say this. Let the market punish Nike. If Nike wants to make these shoes, like pull these shoes, then, then don't buy their shoes. Plain and simple. We'll see what happens. Apparently, they, they, they still made money after uh, uh, the Colin Kaepernick campaign in the first place. That's probably why they, they, they bent the knee to him. But uh, I'll leave it there. Stick around. Uh, more videos to come starting tomorrow at 10.30. Uh, I'm sorry, 10 a.m. on this channel. The podcast will be 6.30 every day, iTunes and wherever you can find podcasts. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all next time.